pushes way up the racetrack, and now here comes Janzik. Janzik goes by Query, and he goes by Inman. Burnell gets a great run, another three wide for the race lead. It's going to drag race off of turn four. Shepard is there, but it's Larry White at the line. Still going to be Pamworth, and they make contact. Britton has broken the race car. AJ Slideways. Alan Johnson wins. Whether you hug the infield tires or rip the cushion, you found the fastest dirt track podcast in motorsports. Welcome to Where Legends Are Made, the official podcast of Land of Legends Raceway. Here's Stephen and Brad Ovens. Yeah, you guessed it. Welcome back. Episode two, season three here of Where Legends Are Made, the official podcast of the Land of Legends Raceway. My name is Steve Ovens. Welcome in for this week's podcast. Uh, we've already matched the number of podcasts that we did in 2021. Uh, Brad and I started the season last year, did a couple of good shows, and then, you know, we got into the kick of the season. Uh, he started driving truck, and uh, we, we just didn't have a whole lot of time for all the projects that we, you know, we've, we had uh, more ideas than we had time. But um, we're back here for episode number two here of Where Legends Are Made. And you're saying, okay, why, why are we doing a podcast here with, uh, with no racing happening on the racetrack yet? And, and I'll tell you why. And it, it's because there are so many people that help make everything happen at the racetrack on race night during the week. And, you know, this has provided a great opportunity. Last week we had Paul Cole as the promoter, Tana Robinson, who does all of our marketing and race day operations uh, and all the uh, hard work that she does during the week, getting ready for race day. And we've had Scott Hickson, the rooster on the podcast in the past. We're going to have him on again at some point this season. Uh, but there's, there's so many different people at the track and different roles that when you walk through the turnstiles at the racetrack, you, you may not, you may see them in passing. You may see them and what they do on the racetrack, but those, you know, there's a lot of roles at the racetrack that people, you know, you might see them in passing, but you don't necessarily understand what they do on race night or even their background in racing. And that's uh, uh, what the, the podcast gives us such a great vehicle to, to share some of that information and share some of the stories. And, and quite frankly, that is what myself as an announcer and, and a, a member of the media, the motorsports media, that is you know, the reason why I love this stuff, I love helping tell stories, whether it's the racers, uh, a, a crew that's got a great story, uh, a staff member at the track, this, uh, this podcast, while, you know, it may take, uh, you know, a, a little chunk of time to put together during the week, it is so much fun to talk to different people. And, and this leads into uh, who we're going to talk to on this week's show. Uh, a guy that I have contact with almost every day, if not every other day uh, during race season and, and quite a bit of communication in the off season as well. Our producer for Land of Legends TV, Art Rorick, is on the show this week and talking about his history in the sport. And it goes back, if you don't know Art, and for a lot of folks that either tune in on Land of Legends TV or even come to the racetrack, you may have seen Art in passing, but you may not know the guy. And for a lot of diehard fans, they probably know Art. But for, you know, I would say a majority, and I'm not even saying this in a negative way, 
there's a lot of people that probably have no idea who Art Rorick is or what he does or the experience that he brings to our production week in and week out. You know, art is is one of the main pieces. And and we always, you know, we always bring it back to the team. We have a great team at Land of Legends TV, but I, you know, art, art will never uh, take his due credit. And, and uh, I, I wanted to have him on the show this week to talk about his experience because his experience goes all the way back to rush hour on dirt this week on dirt. I mean, come on, if you're a dirt modified fan, you loved that shit back in the day. Uh, you loved those shows. Um, I grew up on those shows. So, you know, I, here I am at 35. I grew up on that stuff. I absolutely loved uh, this week on dirt. Anything that we could catch our dirt modifieds on TV. Uh, we loved it, man. Everybody loved it. You, you could get it right on uh, your national television, television stations, uh, sports channel uh, empire back in the day. If you can remember the empire channel. Uh, so, you know, art's been a part of all that stuff. He's going to talk to us about his history and a, and a fun little fact that he shared, he's actually, he actually started at Dirt Motorsports about a year before Shane Andrews started. So, and we all know how long Shane's been at the game and how much he has perfected his craft. Uh, so it's going to be fun to talk to Art, talk about some of those experiences. He's going to share some stories. Um, you know, obviously we all work very, very closely in the tower and uh, he worked side by side uh with with brad uh my brother and uh he's got some good brad stories that uh that we're going to share as well and that's uh that's that's uh a, that's going to be this week's program we, we we went uh we went a decent amount of time and and i hope that you 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 stick around and listen to the whole thing we really had some good stories and art shares some really good insight into our production land of legends tv and, and just uh, another part, too, is talking about uh, the Land of Legends app. And if you haven't downloaded the Land of Legends app, you got to you got to get it on your phone, man. You, you can get instant notifications. Uh, I send out the weather notifications when we have to have a weather cancellation. And I will tell you up front, I send it to the app before I send it anywhere else. So if you want to be the first to know. Other than Paul Cole, who, who makes the call. If you want to be the second person to know, you got to download the app. Go to the Apple Store, go to the Google Play Store, and search Land of Legends. If you just search Land of Legends, it'll come right up. You'll see the Land of Legends Raceway logo. Download the app. does not cost you a thing, and you'll have all the information at your fingertips. And more importantly, you'll get those instant notifications like we had to send out this week. As practice canceled uh, this week, just could not get equipment even on the track. Uh, the, the, we've had some rain. You know, we had some uh, rain over the weekend that, unfortunately, had we not had that rain, we might have had a chance. We might have had a chance. But with the uh, weekend rain that came, it, it just made it so, you know, we, we really can't even get equipment on the track right now without tearing it up. And, and quite honestly... And, and I've seen a lot of people comment about it and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough deal. Like we all know, and, and I've seen a, you know, you know, what kind of burns me a little bit. Uh, this is my little uh, soapbox for this week's podcast. So many people talk about, you know, uh, well, it, it doesn't matter. We're, we're not going to get to race in April anyway. 
And, and, and I don't know why, but for, for some reason this year, I, and, and not so much, um, not so much just land of legends. I mean, a, a lot of places in, in the Northeast, I just, I don't know if it's a, you know, we're all just frustrated kind of in the world that we're living in right now or, or, or what it is, you know, it could be a multitude of reasons, but I feel like people are just mad and angry about everything. And so I feel like it's kind of magnified this whole racing in April thing. And, and the way I've always looked at it and, and before coming to land of legends, I, I worked at Woodhall raceway and, and, you know, I, I had a, a couple of, you know, pretty upfront and honest conversations with uh, Ted white who owned it at the time. And he said, Steve, he used to call me Stevie. He goes, Stevie, this, this is how we look at it. He goes, if I get to race one out of five years in April, he goes, it's just a bonus. It's a little influx of funds for the track to get us operating, to get us going for the year. Racing in April does not make or break our season at the racetrack. And while we are, we've all got cabin fever, we want to get out. We want to get to the racetrack. We're watching all these video streams of tracks that are, getting to run their first shows and we're watching the world of outlaws out on the West coast and watching where the, the, you know, world of outlaw late models and the Lucas oil late models. And, you know, we're watching all these places that are getting to go and racing and we're just hungry, man. We want to get to the track, but I, I think, I think sometimes we got to just kind of reel it in just a little bit and, and remember that, you know, any racing, any practice, Anything that we get to do in April, man, it is a bonus. It is a bonus, you know, and, and uh, a little bit later in the program, I'm actually going to talk about this in this week in land of legends history. So stick around to the end of the end of the podcast to, to hear that. But uh, lately we have not had a good run in April. So you, I, to me, you kind of got to attack these next couple of weeks like that. You know, if we get the show in, it's a bonus and we're going to love every minute of it. And I'm going to be standing on my stool in the tower calling those first races of the season. I'm telling you that right now. If I don't lose my voice on the first night, I will have failed the crowd and all the viewers at home. Man, I am jacked up. I am juiced for opening night. But if we don't get to run that opening night until the first week of May, you know what? That's kind of the run we've been on here the last couple of years and and drivers will tell you we all know it spring like track conditions can be very tricky and this season probably more than any in the past we not only as as a racetrack but fans and crews and we need to do whatever we can to help these drivers take care of their equipment especially early on you know trying to force the issue with the racetrack just to get a show in and, and have guys come out and tear their cars up in this economic climate and, and parts being as hard as they are to get your hands on right now. We just don't need that for our drivers. If we're going to be able to run a, a full successful season and these drivers are able to make that equipment last all season long, we don't need to be tearing them up here at the beginning of the year. That's, that's my viewpoint, and, and I feel like there's a lot of drivers out there that would share that viewpoint um, to make sure that we have the, the best chance at a full race season and not have to worry about guys that have got cars on jack stands at home because they can't get parts or they can't afford parts. You know, I think that, you know, we all need to kind of temper our expectations right now 
for these next couple of weeks. Now I'm not here. Now I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm not hearing that from Paul Cole, but I think as fans and, and especially the, the vocal minority on social media, I think we need to cool our jets just a little bit and temper expectations because once, once, you know, the weather breaks and, and we get going, man, it is going to be a phenomenal season. Uh, there's a lot to look forward to. If you're a land of legends raceway fan, I can tell you that uh, we have a big, big season. Uh, you know, things are growing things, big things are happening uh, for the track. And uh, this, this season's going to show a lot of that. So cool the jets temper the expectations. And I guarantee you when we open up the doors, man, it is going to be awesome. So there's my soapbox for the week. Uh, we're getting ready to uh, talk to Art Rorick here on the other side of this quick little break. Coming up next, the producer for Land of Legends TV, Art Rorick, will tell us about his history and his role at the racetrack. Stay tuned. You're listening to Where Legends Are Made, the official podcast of Land of Legends Raceway. By the grace of God and 800 horsepower, it's time for the A-Main Interview of the Week. That's right, fans. Welcome back to Where Legends Are Made, the official podcast of the Land of Legends Raceway. And it is time for our A-Main Interview of the Week. And I told him, not, you know, don't be nervous because it's the A-Main Interview of the Week. Uh, it's uh, our producer for Land of Legends Raceway TV, Art Rorick. Art, welcome to the program, man. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, I we've done this a few times so far on the podcast, and I thought it would be, you know, kind of interesting and, and fun, you know, to, to kind of pull the curtain back a little bit and, and you know, talk to some of the folks that make a, a show on Saturday nights happen at Land of Legends. And, you know, with our TV production, you are uh, a focal point of, of making that happen. And, I know that uh, that you don't like to take a lot of accolades and and uh, you know, but but you uh, you really do uh, help pull everybody together and make sure that we're all steering in the right direction on race night. Oh yeah, um, first off, I got to say we got a really really good and dedicated team, and that helps out tremendously. Um, and working with a place like Land of Legends and Paul Cole to give us the reins to to be creative about how we put it out. Um, that, that never hurts. No, not at all. Before, before we get into, and I did this with, uh, with Tanner Robinson on last week's show too, before we get into kind of, you know, race night and, and kind of putting the show together, I, I do like to kind of, you know, dip into, you know, how you got involved in this stuff and, and, you know, you, People that don't know Art, um, you know, he's got quite a quite an extensive history in the sport and, and in production. And but but Art, let, let's go back a ways. Like how how did you get involved? What was it that kind of you know caught your eye and said, "Hey, I I, I kind of want to get involved in this stuff." Well, it's kind of a long story, but we'll do uh, the shorter version. Uh, I really got Bob Miller to blame for for this. Um, Bob and I had met when I was going to college and he talked about how he kept filming races. He kept saying videotaping races and I'm like, Oh, big deal. You, you know, on a camcorder, you know, I, I didn't realize the extent of it. 
Uh, one day he talked at work, he talked into going to the races with him and it ended up being Brewerton Speedway. We showed up, we, we filmed the races and afterwards Bob's job was to drop it off at channel nine news. And so we got to stop at channel nine news. I watched uh, them cut the highlight reels up and air it on channel nine news. And I'm like, wow, this is what I wanted. This is what I'm going to school for. So then Bob introduced me to uh, Pat Donnelly, uh, who at the time was in charge of, you know, dirt television. Uh, and they offered me uh, an internship. And then within a year, they offered me a job and it's been history since. Wow. So how, what, give a, give me a, you know, and I, and I know we're, we're going to date you a little bit here, but how, how far back does that go? 23 years. Wow. Wow. So around uh, 98, 99. Yep. Wow. Yep. Uh, uh, and it, it was quite dry. Cause I, the best part was, is back then, you know, we were, I was a big part of this week on dirt. I, we did the rush hour on dirt TV shows, you know, and I got to work with some, some of the best in the business, Terry Romsey, Patrick Donnelly. Um, I was there a year before Shane Andrews came in and started announcing, you know, uh, the cowboy, Paul Small, uh, Bill Shackleton, you know, one of the real greats in audio, mm. Pete Clark. Yeah, absolutely. What, what is, um, what is something from way back in the day that you learned from, from doing all of, of those productions and working with that kind of team? What are some of the things that, you picked up or, or learned back in those days that that you still carry on in, in trying to put a show on today? One of the big things is becoming a sponge uh, is what I like to tell people that especially people that I'm, I'm teaching or training. Um, uh, in fact, your brother was one I always kept saying, be a sponge, be a sponge, learn everything you can. Um, technology moves fast in our industry very fast. And there's, there's other people out there that, uh, that have been doing it or, or just getting into it that could teach you just as much as they could, uh, that you could teach them. Yeah. Um, so that's a big thing. Uh, and teamwork, teamwork is everything. Communication is everything. And we still carry that on today. The more we communicate with every part of a broadcast, whether it be with, race directors, scoring, announcing to broadcasting, you know, communication is very key. Yeah, absolutely. What, um, when you look back, I mean, there, there, there's been so many, so many of, of those productions that, that you've been a part of, is there, is there a favorite production that you worked on or, or maybe it was just an event in general? What, what is, one of those things that you look back and say, man, that was, that was one of the favorite things I did, or, or we really did that well. Oh, that's a tough one. Cause in the 23 years, uh, we've done a lot of good ones in my opinion. Uh, but believe it or not, I really miss a lot of the super dirt week stuff that we did. Um, back in back in those years you know in the early 2000s and all that it was a ton of work but it was it, they were so much fun um but yeah i think uh 
yeah, there's way too many to, to really pinpoint one. Exactly. Probably, probably a, a few stories that we couldn't share on the podcast too. I, that, that TV compound used to get pretty wild back in the day. Oh yeah. We have enough stories, but if we're going to share them, we probably should charge admission for those stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that. I know Bob Miller will agree on that one. Holy cow. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean him getting chased around by a New York state fairground security officer. I mean, those are, uh, those are, those are some good stories. And, and for those who are listening, if you've never heard Bob's story about getting chased around the fairgrounds, do yourself a favor, stop Bob on a race night and have him tell you that story. Holy cow. Really good stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes. Excellent stuff. <laughs> Um, you, you mentioned, you mentioned my brother, Brad, who was an intern, uh, under you that working, you know, working as an intern at Weedsport, he was, you know, at, uh, for a short time studying at, at Onondaga community college, looking at the television production program. And you, you've got a lot of good Brad stories, um, a lot of funny ones and, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the big, uh, elephant in the room for, for me and you both is, is, you know, losing him in November, but in that loss, not just with me and you, but so many people have shared so many good stories about Brad. Uh, what, what, what is your, uh, funniest Brad story or your favorite Brad story? Oh, I've got many of them too, but one stands out the most for me. Um, well, there's two that I would like the first time I met Brad, he come walking in, you know, and with his flip flops on. And I was like, wow, you know, and and he was a quiet kid when I first met him, you know, and I don't, as you're aware the the last few years, he wasn't so quiet anymore. You know, it's, it's kind of hilarious, but one of my favorite stories is, uh, I had gotten Brad on, I've called Brad up uh, one year to, to work on some AMA motocross with me. And he was super excited. He was like, yeah, 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 definitely do it. So I'm like, okay, great. I go, how about you meet me at my place and you could ride down with me. He's like, yeah, okay. And he, I can't remember. It was one of, one of his Subarus that he, you know, and this is when he was younger. Yeah. He, he was all about his Subarus. Um, but he had this Subaru and it was, he thought it was the bomb. (laughs) So at the time, my wife was like, well, what am I, uh, I asked her if I, we could take her car and he's, she's like, well, what am I going to drive? And Brad's like, oh, you you can drive, you don't, you know, feel free to use my car. So Brad pulls up with this Subaru and it was not pretty. It was not, it was a college kid's car. You know, he thought it was great. The wheels, he painted the rims like a bright neon green. (laughs) So we leave and I bet you we were 20 minutes on the throughway and my wife calls and she's like, I need the keys to your truck. I am not driving this thing. (laughs) And and Brad, you know, he, he was just giggling and. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was part of why, why I got divorced was because of that car. <laughs> well, it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. Yeah. He, uh, he was all about those Subarus. Absolutely. <laughs> he but did some yeah, pretty I, crazy things to him. He did. And it was, and it was just like, he was so proud of that car and you know, it's, it was just, it was hilarious. The, <laughs> the look on her face, it was, 
Um, but yeah, that was back that and then, you know, uh, he had, a, he had a lot of pretty good, uh, stories. I remember the very, one of the last ones was he, we had worked pretty hard on a couple different projects and we decided to go, go out to the bar and celebrate. And next thing you know, I'm getting text messages about, you know, he attempted to make hot dogs and apparently he didn't finish it. So he had hot dogs spread out all over his apartment. Oh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I, uh, ah, there, there, there's a lot of good ones. I, I know one story that, uh, we retold each other, you know, not long after he passed was, uh, his timeliness or lack thereof. And, uh, <laughs> There, there was a lot of good stories about Brad missing crew call. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Call, you know, calling for a half an hour, an hour. And then all of a sudden he's rolling and again in his flip flops. Yeah. And it's like, uh, really, you're going to run a camera like that. But he did. He did. He, did. he absolutely did it. And I can't tell you, you know, how many times he walked out on the roof at Oswego Speedway to, uh, shoot turn one. And, and if you, you've never, uh, been to Oswego or, or you've never seen that, that camera position, there's just a little platform that <laughs> literally drapes over the racetrack. Um, and he'd, he'd waltz right out there proud as could be in his flip-flops. <laughs> yep. His flip-flops were, they were a key part of his apparel. Oh man. Yeah. Good stuff. So let's talk about, let's talk about your role at the track um, and, and how, you know, your role kind of contributes to, you know, doing what we do on race day. Um, you know, you you like Tana are one of the first few people there and, you know, and, and something that any, anybody that works on a production, uh, you know, for, for video streaming or TV, whatnot, you know, a lot of these folks are first ones in last ones out. Um, but you know, what, in, in your words, like what, uh, kind of talk us through your role there on race night. Well, really, really leading up to the event, we, you know, the production team, uh, we really do start on, a uh, on Monday, um, just doing the pre-production stuff, whether it be getting, uh, a show, a show idea, a show flow together, uh, updating the websites, updating the apps. Um, but then, you know, and all that leads up, we're getting the sponsor, talking with Tana, working with Tana and Paul, make sure we have all the sponsors in the right place for that week. Um, you and I talk uh, a handful of times throughout the week, coming up with ideas for the extra pieces we do, whether it be for the interviews or, or uh, little uh, sidebar pieces that we like to do. Yeah. But then that's all pre preparing for Saturday. On a Saturday, we get up, we show up at the track early, and it's time to plug everything in and test. Test, test, and test again. Yeah. Um, make sure all of our video, all the cameras and tripods and all the audio coming through. Um, internet. Internet is key. It's important. Yeah. Um, setting up the graphics for the day the day's records and once again sitting down with the race control to make sure we're and paul to, and tana to make sure we're all on schedule with the day's events and 
because as we know, you can write out all these plans and in race world that could change in a minute. Yeah. I heard one person say it this way that, you know, you have to be ready to pivot at a moment's notice. That is correct. That is correct. Uh, racing is I've done, we've done so many sports throughout the years, but racing is one of the toughest. Uh, it really is because in every other sport that you're broadcasting, uh, for instance, with the replay systems, you kind of know when the action is going to happen. You know, you know, when, uh, in basketball, when they're going to shoot the shot, you know, when they're going to hit the ball in baseball, you know, in, in race and action, you don't know until it happens. So you're spending most of your night night in production backtracking just a little bit. Yeah. What, what is that moment for you on race night? You know, is, is, are there particular moments in the night or is, you know, if this happens or, or maybe something, you know, what is, what is a, a victory for you on race night? I mean, drivers, they, they win races, they go to victory lane, they get the checkered flag to take home with them. They, they get their uh, winner's pay envelope at the end of the night. But what is, you know, what is a victory for, for you on the production side on a race night? Um. Well, one, anytime we incorporate something new and it works right off the bat, that's a huge victory and, uh, and a relief. But ultimately, I like it, you know, when, when we go back and we're reading, reading some of the comments of our broadcasts and, you know, some of the critiques and from fans and spectators, that's really a good victory when everybody's happy. They're just excited that you know, we covered things well, we, uh, um, we talked to the right people or they just all out enjoyed our broadcast because that's ultimately what it's about. Something you mentioned, uh, just a moment ago that, that I think we should really highlight here too. And, you know, a lot of fans over, I think we've had it out now for two years or maybe, maybe my years are blending together, but you brought up the app and, and, to me, and, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm technology driven. I, I kind of embrace any kind of new technology that we can, that we can utilize, but I I feel like that app has really, it's, it's not, you know, the, the app does not, uh, what am I trying to say here, man? I, I, you know, the, the app may not be, doesn't change the game of racing, but I think it has changed the experience for the fan on race night at land of legends raceway. You've been a big part of the development of that app and, and all of the neat little tools that we've added to it. Um, kind of tell us a little bit, you know, about that and, and how, you know, we're, we're helping uh, change that race day experience, whether you're at the track or not. So in our sport, we've seen, we're, you know, uh, Fans have changed. Fans' views of things have changed. You know, people want their information and they want it now as quick as they can get it. And the quickest way we decided uh, to get fans their updates, not only via social media, but is through the app. Um, You could be sitting in the grandstands now and you can get the heat and feature lineups. Uh, Drivers can utilize the app to get their, their, where they start in their heats and their lineups. 
Uh, it's just a quicker, easier way to get what people want most. And that's the most information uh, to their phone. You know, you can, everything is done through your cell phone or mobile device these days, you know, so a typical website, just, you know, it's technology's changed, you know, we could thank social media for that. Um, so I think it's a game changer at the fact that fans can now sit in the grandstands and they can pull up this information very easy or even at home and they could pull up. We put our schedule, everything's through the app. And with a traditional website, you legitimately have to go and you got to remember to check your website daily with it, with our app, we could send out push notifications. So every time we make a change, we are sending out throughout the night, we're sending out push notifications to let anybody who's interested know that this is what's happening. This is what's changed. And this is what information is available now. One of the examples that I, I thought was, was pretty interesting that we've added to that app in the last year one of the most common questions we'd get on the Facebook page through direct message throughout the night is, hey, what was a 50-50 number? What color ticket was yes. it? What, what was the number? And, and you found a way to now even incorporate that into the app because, man, that's the thing that we used to get questioned the most uh, while the race, you know, because the 50-50 is at some point during the features, the race night's still going. Um, so to, to, you know, have to have somebody available to address those questions timely so that, you know, the race fan gets that information that they're looking for in a timely manner while we're still trying to put on races afterwards. Uh, that was like, and that is, I've had so many compliments from fans that said, Hey, if, if I didn't hear it clearly over the PA or, or, Hey, we were loading up the car in the trailer and we didn't get to hear what the number is. Now I can just pull up the app and there it is. Absolutely. And again, it's keeping up with the times with technology um, for the younger fans. It's just easier. It's, you know, it's their way to, to, to still communicate and find out information, you know, and, and, and it's a new unique way to find out information. And we're going to, our plans going forward as a group is to, to continue to bring more to that app to make it even more dynamic. So we do, we do uh, have, you know, encourage people, hey, throw some suggestions. I'm not promising that it'll be there, but it's something that we could definitely look in to make. I, I feel like our whole Land of Legends team is about the fan experience and we want to make it the best we can. Absolutely. Um, in terms of uh, production, uh, you know, last year we started adding in the element of, of the one-on-one -on -one interview uh, that, that we record, you know, prior to race day and, and kind of add just a little bit more flavor. And that's kind of been the process uh, in my time there at Land of Legends is in working with you on production. Like we've just, it's like, it's like we're building a cake and we just keep adding a layer here, a layer there. And, and when you put all that stuff together, man, it is really turned out to be you know, a, a great production that, that all of us that work on it at the end of the night are really proud of. Um, is there, 
what what can fans you know not not that we you know not that we have a a, a, a so so production by any means but is there anything that uh, fans can can look forward to this year or in the future of things that uh, that you as the producer of the show um, want to add or or kind of have on your uh, your uh, wish list? Uh, well, we've been. Uh, the production team has been bad, uh, kicking around a few ideas, none that I can really release right at the moment. Um, but we're pretty excited about, uh, but our biggest thing is we just want to, we want to make sure that we're giving as much content in our broadcast as we possibly can. Yes. The racing is important, but we also want to get out there, uh, we want to give the ability for fans to hear different sides from the drivers, not, not just victory lane wins. That, so that's why you and I come up, uh, talked about with the one-on-one, we like to get, you know, introduce uh, the driver behind the scenes before they're in their driving suits per se. Yeah. Um, but there's also some newer technology that's coming out and, you know, and sometimes in our, in the broadcast world, we, you know, we, you and I can get excited about this brand new technology and we'll talk on the phone for an hour. But at the end of the day, with the, when the fans sitting at home, they have no idea what this new technology is or how it changed the broadcast, you know, because it still looks like the same old broadcast to them, other than the fact that it's getting to them in a different way. Um, and that's that's what sometimes makes this a little tough, too. You know, you could say, oh, we made all these changes and. But at the end of the day, the the spectator doesn't see that change other than they know that, you know, they're getting a stream, you know, streaming has become TV. We used to separate that, you know, when this all first started, got started was you either had streaming or you had television. Now it's pretty much one in the same. Almost everybody's watching TV via streaming. Yeah. Um. But to answer your question, we do have a couple things that we're working on, uh, new technology for, well, we've discussed, one thing we could talk about is uh, we discussed being able to, let's amp up the audio a little bit. Um, Meaning, I would really like to roll out uh, us being able to interview a driver under caution while they're in the car. Um, But that's all I'm going to talk about on that. Okay. For now, more to come, more to come, more to come, much yeah. more to come. <laughs> well, in, in you talk about, and I'll, I'll I want to, I want to give you a compliment here while we're on the interview too, because you, you talk about, you know, improvements we've made that, you know, the fan at home watching may not be able to necessarily see, but one thing that I think separates our production with, with you at the helm is, is the fact that, you know, when, when something occurs, when something starts to go sideways, uh, I think the, the strength of our production is when those things happen, those of us working on the production know what's happening or, or not happening or, or whatnot, but you, you have found a way and, and, you know, I don't know if it's anything special that you do, but man, your leadership, when something goes sideways, just keeps everybody on point. And, and when something does go sideways, there's a, 
there's a, a real knack to the viewer not even realizing at home. We know about it and we talk about it at the end of the night. But uh, I think the strength of our production has been is is when we get faced with a challenge, you know, we tackle it and and most times we tackle it and nobody even realizes what happened. Uh, again, you have to you have to credit the entire team for that. You know, uh, the one thing we we try to do and, and sometimes I think we both can safely say we failed is keep our heads cool. You know, uh, when when uh, when it gets that stressful we try to keep very cool and 99% of the time we're we're all um, pretty good at that, I believe. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, when we have a technical issue and, uh, and you have really good camera people for say, and, and they know uh, from working, we, we work with the same group always, you know, so our camera people are very good at, okay, we're going to listen to what you're talking about. And we're going to follow that for the time being while Art is fixing this or working on that. And you also know, okay, I've got to, I've got to back up uh, and make sure I'm keen, more, a little bit more keen because Art's a little busy right now. So I think we've learned to work as a group and stay calm that when something hits that was unexpected, it's nice to know that our group can back each other up one way or another. Um, and then, like you said, it, really those meetings that we have afterwards, just, okay. The, the discussions of, uh, this happened, what can we do to back ourselves up? Like, I mean, you, myself and Brad used to have those conversations all the time. Like, what can we do to, if this happens again, let's have a protocol, uh, yeah. in place. And that really helped the stress level at times, you know, because you just followed the best you could. Yeah. And I would like to, we have to give a shout out to McKenna. We, we really do. Cause she's a saint to all of us too. Absolutely. You know, uh, <laughs> you know uh, she doesn't get hardly any credit and yeah, we put a lot of this stuff in place, but she truly does help you and I carry this stuff out nightly. Yeah. Absolutely. She does. McKenna Hansen, who is our uh, production assistant, social media guru on race night. She uh, she's wearing a lot of hats and juggling a lot of stuff, going down to victory lane, snapping some pictures for social. She she's all over the place on race night. So uh, she she definitely is uh, working her tail off and, you know, coming up through the ranks like we all did. You know, we all started somewhere and this is this is where she's starting and uh, she's doing a fantastic job. All right. I want to close with this. I, I, I asked Tana this as well. Any race day or race night superstitions or, uh, or something that you do the same every, every show, every, you know, race day when you show, what is, what is that thing for you? Well, we all have that superstition of uh, in the tower that when somebody says, Oh, this is going to be an easy night. Remember, we do not say that before a night. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was listening to Tana. I mean, uh, uh, I don't know. We, we don't talk bunny in our shoes, uh, but that that is pretty creative. We may all have to. <laughs> we may have to pick that one up. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be a new thing. Yeah. Good, good stuff, man. Well, we're, we're just, uh, we're just, uh, what, not even two weeks away here from, 
kicking it all off. I, I can't believe the off season's already gone, man. But, um, you know, as much as the off season has flew by here, uh, I, I'm still looking forward to, to getting the season kicked off. Cause we, we really have, uh, kicked up, uh, our production for, for the fans that tune in every week. And, and, and it's, it's been a game changer with the amount of viewers we've picked up by going to, you know, the, the free model, uh, free video streaming. So, um, man, shout out to you and the whole team. You're absolutely right. There, there is a, there is a, a whole team that helps make this happen, whether it's the Mullins working the camera up top, uh, Bob Miller's been a part of the production, you know, from the day it turned to land of legends raceway, Mike Yanni and Doug, uh, working the wireless camera and interviews on the track in the pits, wherever, man, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a whole team to make it happen. And, uh, was cool to catch up and, and get a little bit of your history here. And, uh, you know, now when fans watch the production, they'd be like, Oh, okay. The guy putting this together, I, I, I can connect <laughs> a, a name and a face now. Yes. Thank you very, very much for that. And nor, you know, again, I'm the, I have the, uh, I'm always the guy behind the scenes, so I'm never in the forefront. So that's something I'm not used to, you know? Well, man, you, you nailed it, man. Great job. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Stick around fans. We will close out the show this week with this week in land of legends history. Bob Miller dug up something good for us here as we get ready to close in on opening night. 2022 let's roll back the calendar with this week in land of legends history That's right. This week in Land of Legends Raceway history, and we're hopefully preparing for opening night on April 23rd. And I just I, normally I'd bring Bob Miller in for this week in Land of Legends Raceway history. I'm going to bring him back in next week because look, you know, we're looking ahead to opening night. And I wanted to look because I, I had a conversation with somebody the other day who, you know, was a little disappointed about losing practice and you know, we kind of, you know, I was trying to talk them off the negativity ledge and, and they would say, well, it doesn't matter They, you know, places in New York, they never race until April anyway, especially Canadagua, the drainage, you know, all this stuff, it's flat, you know, it doesn't have a whole lot of place to run off to. You just got to wait to let us dry. We never race until May anyway. Well, I, I'm kind of a numbers guy, uh, kind of a numbers geek. That's, you know, me and Tom Skabinski get along real well. We, we love stats and figures and all that cool stuff. Now, it got me thinking. I'm like, okay, is that really true, though? Like, has Land of Legends really, you know, traditionally never started until May? So I got looking. Uh, Tom Skabinski provides a, a great little stat sheet, uh, and he actually has a stat sheet on opening nights at Canadagua that goes all the way back to when the track opened. And when I look at this list, based on that conversation that I had with somebody the other day, I looked at this list and I said, you know what? It's incredible. It's not factually true. More times than not, by a overwhelming majority, Land of Legends Raceway has opened their season in the month of April. Now, it may have been the last week in April, but traditionally, 
the track has opened in April. So looking at the list, and you can see this on the Land of Legends app, so make sure you get that downloaded. But looking at the list, now our most recent history has not been great. The, the, the Paul Cole era has always been a very wet spring. And, you know, last season it was May 15th. The season before, you can't really count. That was a COVID year in 2020. We never kicked off until June 6th. That's very much an outlier. Uh, 2019, it was May 4th. 2018, it was May 5th. So, you know, the Paul Cole era, you know, Mother Nature's not been kind to Paul on, on opening events. You know, we still get open by that first, you know, last year, it, it didn't end up being until May 15th because we had such a, a wet spring. But, you know, you go back now, here's, here's where I looked. If you start in 2017 and you go back 25 years, all the way to 1992, Think about that. 2017, all the way to 1992. Do you know how many times the season kicked off in the month of April? 22 times. 22 times out of 25 from 2017 back to 1992. The season kicked off in either the second to last week or the last week of April. So I'm going back to that conversation I had with somebody the other day and, you know, you know, I trying to talk them off the negativity ledge and like, Hey man, it's, it's okay. We're, we are going to get racing. We are going to get going here. Um, ah, we never, we never start till May anyway. Well, factually, if you go back and look at history this week in land of legends, raceway history, that's not factually true. Now, more recent history. Yes. The Paul Cole era has not been kind to April season openers, but we'll see what mother nature gives us here in the next week. We've got two opportunities to try to kick the season off in the month of April, April 23rd and April 30th. We'll see if we're able to get the grounds dried up, get on the track with any kind of equipment. And uh, we'll see, uh, we'll see what, uh, what we can do to get this opener in that's this week in land of legends, raceway history. And that's going to put a wrap on episode two for season three here on where legends are made. Stay tuned for next week's podcast. We've got it in the can for you already. We sit down with Eldon Payne Jr. Long history, very, very long history. He's been going to Land of Legends Raceway for 45 years, uh, going all the way back to watching his dad race out there in uh I think back then they were called the amateur stocks, uh, novice rookie division. Uh, they had three different divisions back then, but uh, a great conversation with Eldon Payne Jr. We talk everything from the speed connection and where we are, you know, currently in this climate with parts and different things of that nature with his business there. We talk about the rise of his son, Alex, and his young racing career. We also talk about uh, Kennedy Payne, the new. Uh, the new pain coming to the track, uh, getting ready to tackle the new legend sportsman division this season. Uh, that's a great, great interview. Come back next week for that. Uh, for now, my name is Steve Ovens, the announcer at Land of Legends Raceway, saying thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week here where legends are made. <laughs>
Land of Legends Raceway fans, tune in each and every week of the racing season to Where Legends Are Made, a podcast dedicated to covering the drama, excitement, and hear from the drivers from your favorite dirt track. Stephen Ovens and Brad Ovens walk you through the week that was Where Legends Are Made. Subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts and visit landoflegendspodcast.com. Fans of Land of Legends Raceway and the Where Legends Are Made podcast, we've got a great opportunity for you to feature your business. We have opportunities here to sponsor Where Legends Are Made. We have all different features of the podcast. You can pick to be a sponsor of one of our heat races. Maybe you want your business name attached to the top 10 read-offs for the week. Maybe you want your business to be the one that's heard when we play our highlight of the week. Maybe you're a history buff. You want to sponsor Heat 3, where we talk about this week in Land of Legends Raceway history. Maybe you want to be the A-Main sponsor. So when we interview our main driver of the week, you want to get your business out in front of that. We've got plenty of opportunities for you to do so, and we can work inside of any budget. And believe me, if you're listening to this and you're saying, oh, I don't think my business has the advertising budget to sponsor a podcast, believe me, we can fit inside of anybody's advertising budget. Get your business a little bit of advertising here on where legends are made. Contact us right here on the Land of Legends Raceway Facebook page if you're interested and put your business in front of all of our fans where legends are made. 